0: Ilya Sorokin came up big, and the Islanders played their style to beat the Rangers 3-0. We have our key takeaways, plus the latest on the Kiefer Bellows situation. All that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And we want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that does, of course, include YouTube. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us maybe to discuss on a future show, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And If you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and i am live tweeting during nearly every islanders home and road game so make sure you join me for instant insight and analysis and it's always great to interact with islanders fans during games and really any time so let's get this started right now uh islanders blank the rangers three to nothing to win the first of what is, unfortunately, only three battles between these two teams this season. And if you look at the statistics real quick, and you see that the Islanders were outshot 41-29 to in this game, you would think, well, the Islanders were thoroughly outplayed. Well, not exactly. Yes, the Islanders were outplayed for most of that scoreless first period. The Rangers were skating better and had a little more uh, of the quality chances. But after that, the Islanders really did settle down. And they really won this game using the same formula that they used in recent years to win. They let up a good number of actual shots on goal, but did not allow rebounds, deflections, multiple chances to score in one possession by the Rangers or one trip into the offensive zone, and Ilya Sorokin was able to see almost every shot that he faced, and he played a very, very strong game on top of that, but the Islanders getting the job done. Uh, defensively playing a pretty strong fundamental game in spite of allowing all of those shots on goal. The other thing that the Islanders got was that you had goals from two players who had yet to score this year and got off the schneid in big fashion. You had Kyle Palmieri scoring twice for the Islanders, I mean, Kyle Palmieri, I've been critical of him at times. His play has not lived up to his paycheck and his paycheck and really what the Islanders are expecting from him most of the time. But boy, am I rooting for this guy. And, you know, two goals on three shots, went to shoot the puck more often, and uh, he's got to feel 10 pounds lighter after getting the two goals in this game. And who got the other goal in between all that? How about Josh Bailey playing in his 999th career NHL game? His 1,000th game hopefully will be this Friday against Carolina. And we'll talk a little bit more about Bales on tomorrow's show. But wow, Uh, to get Bailey a goal and to get two for Palmieri... That's the kind of thing the Islanders need to to do. They need all these players who have struggled to put the puck into the net to keep putting the puck into the net. (coughs) And that was just a really encouraging sign. You had two assist games for J.G. Paggio and Adam Pellick. Pellick making some good plays to get up into the rush and create. And I'll tell you something else, that Bailey goal... Was unbelievable hand-eye coordination, and it. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. It shows that you know when you go to the net, good things happen. And Pellick made a good play to set that goal up. He he joined the rush and ended up creating the shot that was deflected in by Bales, but and Barzal. Really skated exceptionally well to create time and space. And that's how you get pucks behind Yaroslav Halak or any goalie. And it really paid off. And how about the hits in this game? The Islanders doing a very good job of that. Nine hits in 13 minutes and 42 seconds of ice time for Cal Clutterbuck. And J.G. Pajot. seven hits And two block shots to go along with the two assists. And he led All-Islanders forwards with 18 minutes and 19 seconds of ice time. Sebastian Ajo, I think, played a pretty solid game all the way around. Had some rough patches early in the first period, but recovered and played well after that. And I'm going to give some credit as sort of the unsung hero of this game. To Scott Mayfield, who was second on the team with almost 23 minutes worth of ice time and just made a lot of little plays defensively that were solid. And how about penalty kill? Casey Sezikas and Cal Clutterbuck were really good, as were Pajot and Parise. And this team still hasn't given up a power play goal. And here we are... uh, you know, seven games into the season, you say what you want, the Rangers have a lot of dangerous players who can put the puck in the net, especially on the power play, and they just weren't able to get that done. I mean, Zabinijad, Kreider, Kako, Trocek, these are guys who can put the puck in the net, and they did not do that against this Islanders team, and Adam Fox, one of the better players, power play quarterbacks in the league. Rangers come up empty with the man advantage, and that was, again, an encouraging sign. So, realistically, this is the recipe for success for the New York Islanders, and it was great to see. One of the little complaints I have about uh, this game, some players who didn't get any shots on goal in this one. Pajot did not have a shot. Parise did not have a shot. And Oliver Wallstrom did not register a shot on goal in this game. And, you know, realistically, if you are the New York Islanders and you are looking at the performance of Oliver Wallstrom, who was up there on the line with Bailey and Barzal to start this game, here's Wally's chance. He's, He's going to be... Not just in the top six, but really on the top line, no shots on goal. And that, to me, was a little bit disappointing. Again, it's one game. Barzy looked good. Bailey looked good. So I'm not saying this line was a washout, but Oliver Wallstrom has to be a little bit more involved offensively if he wants to keep earning those top six minutes and to continue to play with Matthew Barzal. We have got a lot more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We're going to answer some emails from you. We're also going to break down the Islanders' decision to put Kiefer Bellows on waivers earlier on Wednesday afternoon. We'll have all that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and, of course, hockey. Maybe uh, this win gives you a little bit of confidence. You want to bet on the Islanders against the Hurricanes coming up Friday or maybe against the Avs on Saturday? Check out the odds at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk about Kiefer Bellows. Uh, Big news on Wednesday, Bellows put on waivers as the Islanders attempt to send him down to Bridgeport. Now, remember, Bellows was the Islanders' first-round pick back in 2016. And, you know, at the end of training camp and the preseason, Bellows was playing very well. And he played opening night, did not figure in the scoring, and was a minus one in that game but has not been in the lineup since then. And look, the the Islanders, as far as sending players down to Bridgeport, you know they don't have a hell of a lot of options without exposing somebody to waivers. And I guess Bellows lack of production. He has 11 goals in 68 career NHL games. The fact that he can't seem to find a spot in the lineup and his Salary being slightly more than a million dollars a year. Uh, Lula Amarillo willing to take a gamble that uh, no one's going to claim Bellows and he can go back down to Bridgeport. Gotta be disappointing for Bellows, who was looking for full time duty. Uh, and you know, he's 24 years old, it, it's time for Kiefer Bellows to, to start producing and being a full-time player if he's ever going to reach that plateau will the gamble pay off or will the islanders lose bellows if they do uh they'll probably take the salary cap relief and move on because i just don't see where Kiefer bellows fits into this lineup right now should he uh get more of an opportunity than he's gotten so far this season well i i mean that's debatable. But clearly, you want to see more of the young players like Bellows if he can, again, do those things away from the puck that Lane Lambert and before him Barry Trotz and obviously Lou Lamorello demand of their forwards. And right now, he is not consistently doing that uh, to the satisfaction of the coaching staff. So, Islanders hoping for more and better, and we'll see within the next day whether or not anyone claims Bellows. The move, by the way, most likely designed to have Robin Sallow back on the active roster. Uh, he's about ready to return, and again, the Islanders, no depth at defensemen unless Sallow or somebody else is recalled because Uh, They only have six on their roster right now. And, you know, they they need a little bit more consistency. So, Bellows hasn't been down at Bridgeport since 2019-2020. That year he played 52 games for what was then known as the Sound Tigers. Had 22 goals and 9 assists for 31 points in those 52 contests. Uh, That was his best pro season overall, and added two goals and three points in eight games with the Isles that year, uh, this is a crossroad for Kiefer Bellows, but it just doesn't look like he's going to get a chance to play consistently for the Islanders. And, you know, this, this organization favors veteran players. I don't think that's changed a lot under Lane Lambert, but they want to see more from Kiefer Bellows. So, you know, we, we've got that going right now. Uh, quick little note from Charlie who, uh, emails us frequently. Gillett has started bellows on waivers and Sallow back in the lineup steps in the right direction. Now let's go out and get Timo Meyer common sense. This team can win, but a speedy right wing scorer is a must next to Lee and Barzal. So Charlie, thank you for that. Uh, we get an email from Firebird0402. Why do we have to listen to Rangers announcing they can't find someone other than Marv's kid, which is Kenny Albert, game on TNT? Uh, Firebird, I, I agree with you to this extent. I mean, I am a Kenny Albert uh, fan. He, he's a good guy and, and you know, a good announcer. Obviously, he does have, you know, he has worked for the Islanders in the past, but he's a Rangers guy and you know as was his dad back in the day marv but realistically uh to me and i i tweeted this before the game last night why would you have a, a an islanders ranger game on tnt if ever there was a game that you wanted to see your hometown announces brandon and butch islanders rangers is it so uh, a little disappointed in that and then Jeff, out in Minnesota, the game tonight was a pleasure to watch. It was physical, and the Islanders skated smart and played hard. A win against the Rangers is always a reason to celebrate, and Sorokin's shutout was awesome. Jeff, thank you for the email. I agree. And I'm going to make, you sort of reminded me, Jeff, of one other observation that I wanted to touch on when I was talking about the game, but kind of overlooked. Nice decision by Lane Lambert somewhere between the 10 and, you know, the midway point of that third period, and maybe when there were like two or three minutes left, giving extra shifts to the identity line. They were playing solid defense and smart positional hockey, and they were being physical out there. And to give them some extra work down the stretch when you're holding on to a two and then later a three-nothing lead against the Rangers, I thought was very, very good use of matchups. We don't see too many line matchups in the regular season, but I like the way that Lane Lambert handled putting Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck out there against some of the Rangers' better scorers because they did a good job on the four-check, back-checked exceptionally well, got in the way of passes, and just had a strong overall game. So very pleased to see that, and, and just with the way that the Islanders handled the situation a hard-earned win three to nothing and the three game losing streak is over just as a little bonus the Rangers are now on a winless streak although they did get a, a an overtime loss a shootout loss within their four game winless streak but boy it, it really felt good to see the Islanders play the kind of hockey they are capable of playing. And earning two points as a result. So good to see. Got to be pleased with the way this team played. And hopefully, more importantly, that this will be something that this team can build on as they move forward. Because you know what? They need to build on it. And they need to build on it soon. Because if they can't string a few wins together... uh, You know, it's going to be a problem for this team. The schedule isn't getting any easier now with, again, the Hurricane and the Avalanche, two really talented teams out there on the schedule in the next two games. So we shall see what happens with uh, the next couple of games. But hopefully the Islanders are able to build on what they've done so far, and to accomplish, uh, you know, string a few wins together. We have got more to discuss on today's show. We've got a high-scoring winger who had three 30-goal campaigns with the Islanders in the early to mid-90s as our Islanders' birthday of the day, plus some final thoughts about uh, last night's game. We've got all that and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And again, Friday. We're a day early, but uh, Friday will be the 56th birthday of former Islanders winger Benoit Hoag. Hoag, originally drafted by the Buffalo Sabres in the second round back in 1985, played his... first NHL game in the 87-88 season and then became a full-time player for the Sabres in 88-89. Came to the Islanders early in the 91-92 season as part of the Pat LaFontaine trade. Scored 30 goals and 75 points in 72 games in 91-92. Then 33 goals and 75 points in 92-93. Added 12 points in 18 playoff games during that wonderful run to the conference finals by the Islanders that year, and then had his best goal-scoring season in 93-94 when he potted 36 goals and 69 points for the Isles, was traded uh, in the 94-95 season late to the Toronto Maple Leafs, later played for the Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning, the then Phoenix Coyotes, the Boston Bruins, and the Washington Capitals before retiring at the end of the 2001-2002 campaign. Overall in his career, 863 games for Benoit Hogue, 222 goals, 543 points, 877 penalty minutes, 92 games in the postseason, uh, including 22 with the New York Islanders, 17 goals, 33 points, and 124 penalty minutes. Hogue knew how to put the puck in the net and did a good job of it. Really a talented player for the Islanders. We go back and look at one of his better games in an Islanders uniform. October 24th, 1992 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Hartford Whalers are in town, so cue up brass bonanza. The Islanders going with Mark Fitzpatrick in goal, while Sean Burke was in between the pipes for the Whalers. And in the first period, the Islanders get on the board first with a shorthanded goal. Claude Loisel off for interference for the Isles, and Benoit Hogue, our Islanders' birthday of the day, beats Sean Burke, his third, the only assist to Pat Flatley at 1935, Isles up 1-0 at the first intermission. The Whalers get the lead back on a pair of goals by Jeff Sanderson. The first one coming at 636. and Eric Weinrich and Robert Petrovicki with the assist. And then Tim Kerr sets up the second one at 1551. Those were the fourth and fifth goals of the year for Sanderson. And all of a sudden, the Isles trail 2-1. But less than two minutes after the second Sanderson goal, Pierre Turgeon ties it for the Isles. His sixth, Derek King and Tom Curvers with the assist at 1747. We are even at two after two periods. In the third, Benoit Hogue, our Islanders' birthday of the day, takes control of the game. He gets his fourth from Ray Ferraro at 1105, and then his fifth for unassisted at 1224. The Islanders beat the Whalers four two in this game. Only fourteen saves for Mark Fitzpatrick. Islanders outshoot the Whalers twenty-six to sixteen. Boy, this was a dead puck era game if ever there was one. Uh, but the big story of the game: Benoit Hogue, the hat trick, a plus two. He had the shorthanded goal, the game-winning goal, and led the Islanders with six shots. Five for Steve Thomas, that was next on the list. The only career hat trick for Benoit Hogue, and a magic moment it was. So Benoit Hogue, who will turn 56 on Friday, is our Islanders' birthday of the day. And he is one quality hockey player who really gave the Islanders a a, a nice jump offensively and A dangerous scoring winger for all of his three full seasons in an Islanders jersey. Tell you, it is always sweet, always sweet to beat the New York Rangers. And it's a shame that these two teams are only meeting three times this year. And that this, here we are in late October. It's the only time the Rangers are coming to the UBS Arena all season long. It is uh you know a shame because it's such a great rivalry and you have so much intensity in the crowd and all over the place for the Islanders and Rangers to only meet 3 times. I understand there's more teams in the league. You want everyone to play each other at least twice. I get that. But I remember seasons when the Islanders and the Rangers would play seven or eight times a year and uh, and then meet in the playoffs, and those were some of the best hockey games I have ever seen, whether it was on TV or live at, you know, the Nassau Coliseum or at Madison Square Garden. It really made for some great hockey. And little little uh, funny thing happening during the broadcast, Dennis Potvan going up into the booth, Promoting Pot Van socks. Uh, give credit to Potvan for keeping his sense of humor, and uh, it was a great little segment. And Kenny Albert handled it well. Dennis Potvan uh, promoting the Pot Van socks, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a future episode. But uh, you know, humorous moment and and nice sense of humor for Denny Potvan to promote Pot Van socks. Want to thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports today. It has the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll preview the game against Carolina tomorrow, and we'll have a whole lot more as well. So, Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy the win over the Rangers. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.